Steve, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a mother, Steve? I do indeed. Fantastic. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we all do, but I'm sure you're a good son and you love your mother, don't you, Steve? Uh, uh, the best. I'm like legendary. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got a tip for you. You can really win Mother's Day. Win your mother over on Mother's Day. Cement your reputation as this really good son. Give your mom an Aura digital picture frame. Have you heard of these things, Steve? Yes, I have. They're loaded up with decades of photos. You can just like hook them up to the phone and then you get the photos running through it, kind of scrolling through it. You seen these things? Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, and you can get everything uh, and pictures of your mom, pictures of whoever, your family, your brothers, all, all these things. Things. They're a wonderful item. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code word ChinwagPod at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This is Paul Giamatti speaking. And this is Stephen Asma. And this episode of Chinwag is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is indeed, Steve. Let me ask you a blunt question. Do you ever feel stuck, Steve? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever feel kind of stuck in the mud? Every day, my friend. Yeah. Every damn day. And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you're kind of stuck, right? True. As I get older, and I am getting older, folks, I may not look it. You may <laughs> think, oh, he's like Dorian Gray. He's going backwards. Yeah, wow. Wow, he's, he's, he's going backwards. I am getting older, folks. It's hard to believe. The thing I notice is how important it is to maintain a balance. You know, I guess you'd call it work-life balance. I don't think I'm alone here, but therapy's helped me do this, this balance. It can help you find equilibrium. It can help you feel more empowered in the decisions you make, the boundaries and priorities you set. It's good in that way. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sometimes that's hard, right, to find the right person. So this helps. You can change. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash chinwag today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash chinwag. Oh, chinwag. Oh, <laughs> Chinwag. Are you okay? Ah, you no, I'm injured? okay. I think I just, wow. I think I need to be alone. What just happened? Oh my God. Wow. It's that exciting. Like everything just happened. Yeah, this this episode is that exciting that I think I just, I need, I need a little, I need a little me time. I was having a little me time. You want to Holy smoke a cigarette? Cow. Yeah, I need a cigarette. I need a, need a, I need a vigorous uh, hosing down. Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Welcome, Steve. Welcome, Dr. Stephen Asma. Welcome, Paul Giamatti. To Thank the you, wag. sir. To the chin wag, to an epic chin wag. It is to a, epic. To a yeah. like gigantic chin wag, to a, a really sprawling, big old sprawling giant chin wag. Philosophical, Manly, spiritual, meaty beef stew, just like God Almighty. <laughs> beef With stew. Beef stew. Dinty Moore beef stew. Did I, now do we have to get? Am I going to offend the Dinty Moore people? I might get some more. kind of compensation on that. Yeah, I better get some sort of. But no, we're. It's a big one. It's a. It's a big brawny. 
one with a with a with the outstanding, the the inimitable, the one and only Stephen Colbert. Uh, Stephen Colbert coming. Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Possibly. Well, we Colbert. get into that. There's some yep. discussion of his do name. It. Yeah. You could do it. Uh, that's that's about to happen, folks. <laughs> but before that happens, we're yes. just gonna we're uh, just gonna harass you with this reminder. We need to remind you to head on down to Apple Podcasts and to uh, rank and review us. And uh, also hit us up with your letters and your comments. We've been getting some great letters. And, Amazing uh, suggestions. Letters. Yeah. Yes. All is welcome. Come on, come all. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just now. I'm just shouting because I'm so worked up. I'm so. I'm in such a lather. I'm in such a lather. Without further ado, our next guest. Our only the amazing, guest, the amazing, uh, the astounding, yeah. the the interstellar, the cosmic. This is big. This is huge. Oh, very big. No, man, it, it doesn't get any bigger. Colossal. It's colossal. colossal. <laughs> we are both massive fans of this gentleman. The, the, much of the planet is. He is a great writer. It's true. It's comedian, true. performer. You probably know him from comedy late night series that bears his name. But I know him from our shared love of science fiction, Steve. Yeah. And you we get into it. We into get into all oh, boy yeah. into the deep into the nerd weeds. <laughs> we are very thrilled to have him joining us here, Mister Stephen Colbert. Nice to meet Hello, you, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen Asma, nice, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. This is well, proper pH, a proper pH, Indeed. Stephen, too. Good for you. PH Stephen. Not this yeah. Roman Latin thing. The Greeks, that's the Old the line. Thing. Old oh, the line. Is that what it is? Is that, is that what it yeah, is? Is it, it is. Greek it's the Greek. Is it a Greek it's and Saint Roman St. Stephen oh. was uh, the first martyr. Yeah. The stone. The first yes. martyr? Yeah. Oh, really? I, when I was a little boy. What does boy, that mean? Now, hold on, hold on. What does that mean? The first <laughs> He was martyr. the first saint or first person killed in... Because, because he was a of Christian. his beliefs, really, right. um, and he was uh, uh, first Antioch, person on record. Right? First person on record. On record. On record. <laughs> Surely on record. there must have been other guys killed for that. And I think it was that didn't uh, make the grade. I think Stephen of Antioch, and great place to be from, by the way. Antioch. It sounds like Absolutely. you know a, a god of chaos. <laughs> Antioch. <laughs> True. But, um, and when I was a little boy, I had on my wall a little icon, and it shows. It's Stephen. He's on his knees praying. There's a stone next to him on the ground. It's kind of he's got him in an end space, but there's a stone next to him on the ground and a little blood coming down his forehead. Oh, and man. so that was wow. my role model. That Amazing. Was, I, I had I was raised Catholic. We had this big Bible, and there were these paintings in there, and there was a painting of Saint Stephen, and it was super like inspiring because I was Stephen. It was like this crazy kid. Sure, identification. I could so take the it. Did, yeah, they your stones. did they stone him to death? This was they back did. when they, they stoned this, him to death. That's so this when was the early ones. Right. I was going to say this is before they figured out they could do all this other they shit could, to them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. All the other stuff they could do. That's fascinating. I've never Pretty even thought yeah. yeah. I've never even really thought of the difference. See, this is, I've never thought that, to, like, oh boy. I just thought it was like, it's orthographically, is that the word I'm looking for? Easier to do a V than a PH. I just thought it was like, ah, this is quicker. Well, this is yeah. already incredible. This is already <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. This is it. This is already. <laughs> if this just is the chin standard wag. of conversation this is, this for is, Chinwag, then I'm in the right place. <laughs> this is absolutely it. Welcome, Stephen Colbert. Thank you Welcome. so much. Are you where are you currently located? Are you I'm in are New York, you, New York, the big city of yeah. dreams. 
And do you do you do you also go back down south quite a bit? Yeah, my uh, Evie and I have a place right across the street from her sister and a block away from her her ninety four year old dad. And so I've been down there with my family and catching nice. some fish. Nice. Are you fishing? Uh, are you from the south? Originally? Evie and I grew up around the corner from each other in Charleston, South Carolina. So I don't detect a drawl, like, or there isn't such a thing. Or you were in Chicago I mean, for a long time. I was in Chicago for 11 years, yeah. Um, I, I think Charleston accent's a little different. I mean, a real Charleston accent is very beautiful. Like, her father is is old school. They're Charleston from, like, 1700. Wow. And um, he's got the really old accent. Is that um, the kind of classic... Is that the, the soft mint julep kind of thing on the porch kind of thing? Is it that? Is it yeah, that sort of well, thing? Yeah. Well, Charleston accent. <laughs> Charleston accent is very interesting. It's sometimes called a Southern New England accent. Oh. Um, oh. And it's and the Low Country was what the area is called. The, the uh -huh. Low Country of South Carolina. It's got a very distinct accent that um, is influenced by the Kichigala accent of, oh, of, okay, of right. the. You know, the sea islands of South Carolina. Yes, But that's these right. very isolated communities whose yes. who's, uh, accent and, to a certain extent, grammar is related to West African and uh -huh. Scottish. Oh, you know, sort of Scottish good. because the overseers were Scottish. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And, yes. That's and, right. And English. And that is, and in those communities, it's sort of dying out because people leave, you know, leave the islands. Yeah. But um, it's a very distinct, very beautiful language with its own vocabulary and everything. And those people back in the old day were like the nannies and everything for the white yeah, families right. in town. And mm -hmm. so that accent became sort of ubiquitous. That influence Amazing. was ubiquitous across, across uh, you know, cross-culturally in South Carolina. So you get that weird New Englandy sound a little bit. So yeah. it has something that sounds yeah. like that's Yeah, the, you get like an like, yeah, like married. Yeah. You don't get married, uh -huh. you get married. Interesting. You know, that's, like, you that's, know. That's fine. And that's a bit like that Cajun thing that sounds like New Jersey or something, because there's probably a similar, there's that weird Cajun accent when I'm like, sure. no, surely, surely you're from like Queens. You can't be from like Louisiana, but but it's that very weird accent. So it must be a similar like weird mashup of things yeah, going I love on. The, I love accent. the New Orleans thing of like, um, oid. Have you yeah. hide the news? Yeah, that, have you hide like, it? You know, yeah, have you hide it? Which is like, but again, it's probably an Irish thing or something like that or, or something. Maybe. Blew my mind when I found out that the whole sort of, the, a lot of the sort of accents from the Caribbean are influenced by the Irish overseers. Oh, oh I didn't of, know of that. that. Yeah, but it's a similar no. thing because sure. it was all the, yeah, it was all being run by by those guys. But your your name, Stephen, like uh, my mom, who's 82, was like, you're going you're gonna to interview that Stephen Colbert and I was like, yeah, mom, Colbert, right. Uh, well, wh how, how, why do, what's the pronunciation of your name with regard to the- That's a great question. Bagra? And it depends on what member of my family you're asking because- oh, okay. <laughs> my father was a junior, James W. Colbert Jr. And- It was Colbert. He wanted to be Colbert, you know, the so French pronunciation of the name. And his father said- but you're a junior. If you go with Colbert, it's like oh, you don't confusing. really want to be my son. <laughs> and, right. and so oh, my father said, okay, fine, I'll be Colbert. But he said to all of us, and I'm one of 11 kids in my family, and he said he said to us, like, well, do whatever you want. And oh. so some of us are Colbert, some of us oh, are wow. Colbert. Oh, oh that's fantastic. And, and, and a lot of, there are a lot of lawyers. And so the family joke is that it's the law firm of Colbert, 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 and Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> Genius, fantastic. Uh, but I was actually, you know, 
I was on, um, I went to college in Virginia, a place called Hampton City for a couple of years. And I sort of toyed with Colbert there. Mm-hmm. And, and then I transferred to Northwestern University to go to the theater school. And I had never been to Chicago. I had never been to Northwestern. I was just going on reputation and recommendation. And on the plane, I had been bumped up to first class. I was flying through DC. There was a storm. I'd been bumped up to first class. I'd never been to first class before. <laughs> and the man sitting next to me was going to Los Angeles to give a talk on what was then a fairly new cutting edge F-18 fireplane. Uh-huh. And he uh-huh. had this big schematics he was going over next to me. On, cool. on the, and I uh-huh. was like, I was, awesome. what is that? What is, <laughs> Fantastic. And he explained to me what it is Bond. and what he had Amazing. to do. And and I said, do you fly those? He goes, I fly something a little bigger. And I said, what do you fly? And he goes, I fly the space shuttle. What? Holy shit. And I said, what? <laughs> and he goes, now, he goes, I've never flown it. He goes, but I'm in the astronaut, cl- I'm in the next astronaut class. Uh-huh, sure. You know, because sure. they do it like- Yeah, like, absolutely, yes. No, every, no, no, like, yeah. We've, three we've, or four years or something yes, like that, there's a yeah. new class. Yeah, yeah, there's a new class, yeah. I'm in the next astronaut class. I think his last name was Corley. Uh-huh. The next astronaut class. And 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 I said, and at the time, the the International Space Station, which I think was already up there, but a small sure. version of uh-huh. it was up sure. there. Uh-huh. Um, there was a problem up there and they weren't uh-huh. telling us what it was. Uh-huh. And I said, I what's the problem? And he goes, <laughs> the, the urine dump is frozen. <laughs> the Classic. you know like the 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 space right, cock to, like to the thing that the valve space that like that well space it, it froze in the Amazing. valve it froze Amazing. as it was going out <laughs> sure and 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 I said so what do they do he goes they're peeing in bags and tossing <laughs> it out the window <laughs> oh my god so, putting it in the airlock and just releasing it into the, oh my god of course god. I'm absolutely god. beside myself with the joy Amazing. of sitting next sure. to this guy so he goes so why are you going to Chicago and I said I'm going out to theater school for the first time and. I don't know anybody there. And <laughs> and then he goes, wow, amazing thing. So like, what do you anticipate? He said, well, I'm trying to figure out whether to go Colbert or Colbert. And I told him the whole story. Sure. I said, this is my chance because nobody knows me there. Yeah, yeah. right. That's yeah. Cool. And and I'm also going to try to go be a performer for a living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 I said, I'm not sure what to do. And he goes, you already know what you want to do or else you wouldn't be talking to yourself like this. So I got on the plane as Colbert and with the help of an astronaut. Oh, I got amazing. off as Colbert. <laughs> that so is that's fantastic. So that that's, is that's true, why it's Colbert. That but if is you wake true, me up in the middle of the night and slap me across the face, I might say, that, I might say that, Colbert. That is a, that is a Gatsbyan, <laughs> like yeah. that, is, that is an American story <laughs> about how, that is really amazing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. 
If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. You have a connection to Looking Glass, which I didn't know. To the Looking oh, Glass Theater. I just Theater. did their. Uh, I just did their I, gala yes, fundraiser and I, out there. I yeah. saw that, and I I know Mary Zimmerman. I don't again. I don't mean to just be throwing names around, but do you know her at all? Bud. Yes, I know yeah, Mary yeah. Zimmerman. Way to name her. <laughs> oh, she was a okay. graduate student when I was an undergrad. <laughs> she was. Uh-huh. We, we took. I think we took one class together, or she came in and did a did a presentation uh-huh. as a graduate student for Leland Roloff's class. Wow. At, do you know who Leland Roloff was? No, but that's a fantastic Le- name. Yeah. I mean, yes. Is that an he acting was, teacher? He, he was an acting, well, he was interpretation of literature because NU has this sure. uh, interp program, which back in the day was a little little different. Mm-hmm. Um, today, it's a little bit like uh, analysis of, I don't want to say what it is, but it's analysis of like the history of mm-hmm. of uh, of. Performance, performance in some right, ways, yeah. yes. I get it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but back then, it was literally like adapting literature. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And so I took a, a, a interp class with this guy named Leland Roloff, who Leland was Roloff. a Jungian analyst. Oh, oh perfect, perfect, great. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and the class was called I- archetypal and psychological approaches to literature. Fantastic. And just something in me went. Hey, <laughs> that's our subtitle. That and is I was a, and here. I was yeah. a transfer student. And so my little sad story, I would tell all the professors because I only had two years there. I came as a junior and, and I would go in. I'd, I, w- I was also lazy. So I would mm-hmm. never like make the sign up in time. I was never the guy who got there early to I sign do. up for the right classes. <laughs> sure. What I would do is, is I would show up for the class I wanted on the first day, whatever the class was and say, and then afterwards I would say to the professor, I would say to him or her, I would say, hi, my name is Stephen Colbert. I'm, I'm a transfer student. I've only got two years here. I really want to take your course but I'm afraid that I, I only have half as much chances to take your courses as, as a four-year student. I was wondering whether I could just drop in because I'm afraid I'll never get another chance to take your course. And sure. everybody signed it. Everybody <laughs> oh, did yeah. it. Everybody Amazing. did it. But Lee Roloff did the best. Lee Roloff, I gave him my little song and dance. And I hadn't quite finished with my little song and dance. And he turned to me and he said, and you're looking for someone to understand. <laughs> And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yes. he said, and he held out his hand so I could hand him the drop ad slip. Sure. And he said, I will be that person. And that's what Leland Roloff was like. Amazing. Leland and Roloff. Well, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't stop. With Nate. Got me on no, Leland no, 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 I have two more Leland Roloff stories that are worth telling. Please, I have three. I mean, no, I have three uh, no, no, no. The whole telling. thing can be about Leland Roloff. Yes. I mean, okay. the name alone. <laughs> I just like hearing you say it over and over. Was he? He was a. He was a Jungian psychoanalyst. Was yes. he? Was so that's what he did. Okay, a practicing. Well, good. He was I just a want professor. To make, yeah. He was like yes. a full yes. tenured yeah. professor. I understand that, but he was an intern. But he also yeah. had a practice. Got it in Evanston. Yeah, got Illinois. I'm. I went to. I actually went. For one day. I was that was the other thing I was gonna ask was did okay, you go get time. any analysis? Yeah, I did. Okay, so um I've always wanted to do young Ian. You know, uh, for those way. of you who are listening, it's like very interesting to delve into uh Jungian archetypes <laughs> and the, 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 the power thereof. Indeed. And yes. and and you know, whether or not you are tapping into something uh primal, eternal, and, yes. and passed on from generation to generation. 
or, or, or that is that somehow has a spiritual or godly component or whether yes. or not we are merely hardwired for certain reactions to certain That's imagery right. and ideas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. either one of those, it's, it's interesting. real. Yeah. It's real. It's and it's fascinating. It's real. So Lee Roloff. So he was, you know, practicing Jungian analyst and we talked about archetypes, archetypes a lot. And um, we studied... Uh, Grimm's fairy tales and the uh -huh. Homeric hymns sure. and, um, and other things too, but that'll start Star you. Wars, <laughs> Star Wars. Well, sure. we did. We damn. Yeah. We talked about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. And, Why not? And, yeah. And so, one day he would lecture like this. He would talk and he would speak, but sometimes he would close his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those and guys. Nod his head <laughs> as he lectured <laughs> sure. and wouldn't yeah. look at anyone. And one day, <laughs> just one day, let's say this guy named Robert in class says, mm -hmm. uh, "Hey, professor, can I ask a question?" He goes, "Yeah." How come you close your eyes sometimes when you lecture? <laughs> and and we all went, wow, oh, that's a good question. Good, really good. <laughs> that's question. a good question. We didn't yes. realize that we were all asking that question, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. hadn't thought to form it. Yeah, thank you, and Robert. I, and, and I don't know whether I would have had the the balls to ask it. Yes. And and he said, there are times when I am lecturing on the material that I have asked you to read. And this material is so integral to the human experience and so deep in our collective unconscious that if I were to look at you at that moment <laughs> when I was talking about that subject, you would think that I know your secret. <laughs> but I don't, Robert. <laughs> Come on. Shave your head. Shave your head. Tell the compound. Yeah. Eat the grain. Exactly. Absolutely. Wake up, wake up, go pray. I'm to the in whole that thing. cult. I'm Absolutely. in that cult. Yeah. I'm selling Sign flowers at the airport. Come me up. Handing out the literature, the whole thing. That is amazing. So, and this goes back to fishing. Okay. Because we're talking about fishing. I don't know if they got recorded, but. We started off talking yeah, about well, what I've been doing. Can, a lot of, yeah. yeah, I fished a lot with my father when I was a child, and I still really enjoy it. But it was very important to my childhood. With my father, did a lot of fishing. Uh huh. And um, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Caught, caught my own fish, cleaned my own fish, cooked my own fish. It's very important to me. Uh, netted, set, you know, cast a uh, cane pole. All every you name it, cane I did. Cane pole. Wow. Yeah. And, That's um, like yeah, old I grew up on a little pond, and uh, mm -hmm. but also was right right by the the, the harbor and the ocean, and anyway, tidal creeks, fantastic. Bass? Are you catching bass? What are you catching? What are you, what are you fishing? What are you, what are you catching? Catching bream, which which oh, people call bream, b r e a m. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have called it. Uh huh. Got it. We say uh -huh. bream because uh -huh. of southern bream. Sure. To catch bream in freshwater, a lot of catfish, eels, catfish. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of I I go crabbing, catch a lot of crab, fantastic. catch a lot of shrimp. Catch uh -huh. a lot of shrimp, mm -hmm. catch a lot of um, redfish, trout. Those are with like the cages. Bluefish. You catch the crab with the crab cage and all that or, stuff? Or you can do drop nets with chicken ah. in there and they'll come uh -huh. in and you pull them up. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. the best way is just take a string and tie a chicken neck to it, put it in the water and then slowly oh. pull it back up. And oh, you'll really? see the crab as he approaches the water. He's like trying to get that chicken yeah. neck. Hold on. He holds onto it with one claw. And then yeah. He, he just net him before he knows what's Zip going on. Out. Amazing. And you can catch a ton of crabs like that. Mm -hmm. So we're reading The Fisherman and His Wife, I think it's the Grimm's Grim Fairy Tales, Fisherman mm -hmm. and His Wife. And it's mm -hmm. one of the ones where wishes are granted. Yes. And so the guy, the fisherman catches a flounder. 
Yes. And um, is it a talking flounder? Does the flounder yes, say it's a Let talking me go flounder? And I'll give you. Exactly. <laughs> it's a talking flounder. Nothing like the old talking flounder. Exactly. No, I mean, <laughs> let seriously. Let me go and I'll grant, I'll grant you. Yes. I don't yeah. know if it says grant you three wishes. It's but something let me go about and I'll, wishes. I'll grant you yeah. wishes. I, yeah. It is wishes, but I don't know how many. But mm-hmm. in this story, there are three wishes. Mm-hmm. And so he goes like, uh, okay, give me uh, the biggest house in town. <laughs> and the fish says, go home to your wife. It is already so. So he goes home. They got the biggest house in town. She's like, oh my God, did you see? The neighbor died and we got the whatever. Like it just, it happened. What mm-hmm. it's, it's already happened when he gets there. It's like, wow. And he tells his wife and his wife says, really? Well then go ask for, um, go ask for bags of gold mm-hmm. or whatever like Here that. So go. he goes back and he says to the fish, <laughs> bags of gold. And the fish says, go home. It's already so. Goes home. She's like, I was digging in the backyard and I found the, I was planting the potatoes and look at all this gold I found. And it was like, oh, that's great. And so she goes like, go ask to be the king. Mm-hmm. So he goes back and asks, asks like to, to be the king. And I'm not exactly sure what else the fish says, but the fish says, go home. It's already so. Mm. So he goes home and they've lost everything. The gold's gone. The house is gone. It's just oh. him and his wife again. And that's mm. the story. Now, it just oh, wow. I, th- I think I'm probably leaving some shit out there. So Maybe, any, but that's interesting. If any uh-huh. Grimm fans yeah. are out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll, oh get we'll get letters. Yeah, yeah, we'll get letters. Yeah, we'll get letters. So, yeah. but anyway, that day, Lee Roloff had brought in another Jungian to co-teach with him. That's actually the day they were talking a lot about Star Wars and shit like that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, um, uh, this co-Jungian, a shorter man, not quite so stately looking. He, Lee had a beard <laughs> like this and this white, white, white mm, mane of, of hair. Absolutely. And just bestrode. That's just a evidently, He was yes, just a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> evidently, I, I heard from people who had been there before that when he was a young professor there, like the oh, women swooned just, when he walked down yeah, the hallway. Right, absolutely. And so he, he had huge archetype, archetypes. He had an archetypal <laughs> Yeah, uh, talk about an archetype. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It had a lion heavy, quality. Heavy animus. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. a heavy, heavy animus. And so the other professor, you know, they're saying like, and let's consider what type of fish this was. <laughs> it's a flounder because every detail is sure. super important, obviously. Sure. Uh-huh. It's a flounder. But I don't know what got us to that conversation, but, and he says, a flounder, a fish that spends its entire life on its side, on the bottom, with two eyes looking up yeah. at the rest of the world. That's right. Uh-huh. And you know the the, the the oddness of that fish, you uh-huh. know, it's flat and all that kind of thing uh-huh. like that. And I raised my hand and I said, "But flounders don't spend their whole life like that." <laughs> and Lee Roloff said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Flounders start off high in the water column, uh-huh. and they're round fish like everything everybody else, and the eyes mm-hmm. are on both sides. The really? eyes say stable, and the fish rotates as it matures, and the eyes and move. the oh, eye shit. comes over." You might really? think the eyes stay level and the fish rotates around the eyes. Well, later in life, oh, I mean, like this happens really? later in his life cycle. Very early on, very early oh, on. Really? But when it reaches maturity, it's on its side. And flat. then it just rests on the bottom? And it starts feeding lower and lower in the water column until when it reaches maturity, it lives on the bottom. But it starts off like other fish. Wow. Now we're talking tiny, we're talking little flowers. Right. You have to catch them like yeah. in a net at that stage. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you you can catch them at different stages of that. But you're, you're educating these bookish guys about the real natural <laughs> yeah, history listen, of the professor. <laughs> hey, professor. So, Lee Roloff says, how do you know this? <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I've, I've been fishing since I was a little boy and we yeah. caught a lot of flounders at different, you know, <laughs> hey, I read a lot of books on it because mm. I, wrote the, I read the Saltwater Fisherman's Bible 
And I know all about the life cycle of a flounder. And also you can, you know, when there's a really tiny, you can net them at that size. Experience. And these two guys look at each other. Mm. And the shorter knew the the other Jungian goes, well, this changes everything. (laughs) And I don't know what it changed. I have no idea what it changed. All I know is that I changed everything by telling them that. And Leroy looks at me. He looks oh. at me and he looks in the class and goes, this is the power of experience. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. That's yeah. fan- that's amazing. The, the other Jungian went and hung himself immediately. Like, just got <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> slitting their wrists. Sure. Over this completely he opened his hollow stand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But that's that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a cool it story. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah, I, I, I love that story. I, was, I, I, I remember thinking, I was a young man. I was 20, 21. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, these simple experiences of my life have a Are value. significant, hugely that significant. That this person who I admired so much found shockingly revelatory right. for some reason. Yeah. And also connected this simple and kind of eternal through human existence act of going to fish. Yes, as a, yeah. Made it, um, A, linked me to the experience right. of that person who told that story in right. Dark Ages Germany. For, right, this folktale, he and just involved you. It connected you. us, yeah. it connected me to yeah. the folk. To the, know, right, to the yeah. folklore of the whole thing. We Which are is all kind part of also of... related to how, like why I didn't want to know what sex my child was. I wanted that experience Right, to be I wanted to have the same there. experience Gordon. all my ancestors had Everybody, in that moment. Exactly. I yeah. wa- and and also what I find one of the things I find valuable about my my Catholicity, my Catholicism is that it is so tied to old, old imagery and ideas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's what I like about it is that my the mass I'm hearing, especially is, if I hear it in uh-huh. Latin, uh-huh. is the mass I would have heard from three twelve on. Can I ask you about your Catholic um, orientation? I know your faith is really important. We were going to hit you with the heavy My stuff. My orientation like wanna... is lawful good. I happen to be. Well, okay. We wanted to open with Sasquatch. Yeah, with this we wanted whole thing, But we're Bigfoot. already but at the Catholic, the Catholic thing, which is great. We really wanted to just do Sasquatch. But but go ahead, Stephen, because I was not raised Catholic. I was raised with nothing. So it's like I, all of this is always, and I'm the Italian. I know, but and I, I was feel raised with none of it. When I go to Italy, I feel more Catholic than ever because I was raised Catholic, but I'm fairly agnostic. I, I have, I'm a huge fan of Catholicism, but it's the aesthetics and the history of Catholicism is a huge deal for me. Like it's very important. And I guess what, what I would I want to ask you is, uh, my grandmother was sort of like pre-Vatican Catholic, so she would ask me to come and we would pray for the communists. Um, what what <laughs> of do course, you think? Of, pray about, for the conversion yeah. of Russia. Yeah, yeah exactly. of Our Lady of Fatima tells yeah. us to do. Oh, exactly. We totally would do it. But what do you what do you think about other religions like Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism? Do you think these guys are confused or they're wrong or, you know, how do you position your own faith with regard to other faiths? Does this make sense? I don't. Okay. I don't position okay, my let's faith move on in to regard to someone else. Then. No, 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 no. But, uh, but, but there's, there's, there's a second half to that because I know what you're asking or rather I hear a question that I have an answer to in there, which is I don't actually position my faith in relation to other faiths. 
I was raised, you know, by an intellectual Catholic dad mm -hmm. who was very into French humanism, mm -hmm. like uh, Léon Blois and Jacques Maritain, and mm -hmm. like oh, yeah, Catholic yeah. humanist thinkers. Teilhard de Chardin and guys like that. So, yeah. uh, the, uh, Teilhard the de Chardin. The most certain evidence for the presence like, of God is joy is the most certain evidence uh, of the presence right, of God. Teilhard de Chardin. Right. Yeah, exactly. Tear de Chardin, all that. Yeah, yeah. but oh, kind of excommunicated. He was excommunicated, I think, wasn't he? Or he was, was he eventually? I don't know. Or was he? Well, he but, they didn't too like much, the... for too much joy. Well, he but also he was accommodating evolution, which was really cool. He was sort of like well, finding a way to Catholics accommodate do, evolution. But time, yeah, yeah, but I think if he was excommunicated for that, they must have like re re. Yeah, excommunicated is too strong. I, I misspoke. <laughs> he yeah, he was. He wasn't he, welcome. They didn't to the like party. that he published the phenomenon of man. Because they uh -huh. thought this is too scandalous compared to the traditional. That was all. Yes. Yeah. Theologically. Um, well, that so gets maybe into like just... the intellectualism of the Catholic Church that but is like, you know, the Big Bang was first promulgated, the idea was first put forth by a Jesuit. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Say more about that. I did not know this. I don't know his name, but it's literally the idea of the Big Bang was originally there was a Jesuit astronomer. And went, that's hey, a sort that's, of. Yeah. And, and the church didn't. Crush it. They were like, sure. They didn't. No, they were they were like, okay, that's let there be light. Like they kind of worked their way already mm. to that. This might have been post Teilhard de Jardin. You know what I mean? Like oh, really? this is 20th uh -huh. century. This is not this is 20th century, not 18th, but not 19th oh, okay. century. Okay. Uh-huh. Um that's fascinating. So, do you so, know the whole but anyway, story of the I go ahead. Do you please. know the whole oh, story of the cheese? No, no, let me just do you know the whole story of the cheese and the worms? The guy who the the illiterate medieval miller who postulated the idea of the Big Bang and almost like quantum mechanics. Have you ever heard that whole thing? No, it's a great what? book you should read. It's a book by a guy named Carlo Ginsburg. And it, 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 he was an actual guy who taught himself, he was taught how to read and he read the Bible and he intuited a whole idea about the Big Bang. And he was killed. He was the Inquisition tried to get him to renounce his beliefs. Wow. But he wouldn't. And it's a wow. sort of, I mean, but it was a kind of, but it was told almost like a folktale, the way he was like, the world is like a cheese filled with worms. And it was this whole thing. All these tiny worms are at operation in, in, and the, the, everything we can see in space is like the cheese. I mean, it's this crazy sort of like. Well, that almost sounds like string theory. Like the worms. Yes, are, it does. <laughs> yeah. No, it By does. the way, have and you guys all, seen Oppenheimer also, yet? No. No, no. So I saw it and, uh, it's profoundly powerful and heartbreaking mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. beautiful and frustrating and ecstatic. Mm -hmm. There's ecstasy, the ecstasy yeah, of discovery. Sure. The ecstasy right, yeah. of like achieving the quanta. Yeah. Like it's it he really captures the the That's um, great. The trembling, the trembling before the discovery. That, I would love to see something that shows sort of scientists at work, scientists in the process of discovering, like in a real way. You're gonna love it. Yeah, that would be really love cool. Because I don't feel like people ever capture that very well. Well, the the, the deepest moment of it he, he he captures is oddly for me the, the moment is is uh, Oppenheimer breaking glasses in the in the in the corner of his room when he's in studying the quanta in in I think in Germany. He's shattering glasses in the corner of the room. And there's a look on his face and I went, I recognize that look. <laughs> uh, really? Which is really? just As chasing, chasing an idea mm -hmm. that is inside of you, and you're perceiving flashes of it outside in the world. Mm -hmm. Wow! And you're like, how do I get the two things right? How do I match my desire for that knowledge and my flashes of the insight? Uh -huh. and he captures oh, that, that, that. That that oh, it's it's great. incredible. I think it's his greatest film. 
But now I, I want to steer you back though to the uh -oh. question of the Catholic and the okay, Buddhism because so, you were yeah. you were going to so, answer that. <laughs> so when I was, um, you know, traditional Catholic upbringing, father, intellectual mother, mystical, uh, very um, heart filled Catholic, you know, mm -hmm. um, Pious. Dor Dorothy Day. Mm, fantastic. Um, Great. I love Dorothy you know, Catholic Day. worker. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, is that, does that, is that liberation theology? Does that eventually lead to sort of liberation, liberation theology? theology is more like something Oscar else? Romero and, oh, okay. and, and uh, it's a sort of a Latin American idea, but okay. it's certainly okay. a, you know, you might say it's like a proto-communist idea, but, uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. um, but they're related. But anyway, my mother was, and she was, um, I don't know, read mystical Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to mm -hmm. describe it. Not that Dorothy Day is mystical, but there's, she was much more. Um, of the heart, not the brain. More of the heart. Uh, well, the yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. the yeah, flagellants remain on a hill in Spain behind, beside the Alcazar. And, um, <laughs> right. and she was all into like, like sure, flagellation. French wow, parachutes. really? Oh, no, no, she was not, re not really, like, you know. Not really, like, she me like and pebbles in her would, shoes and stuff no, like no, that. No, no, I would say that my mother like was a little attracted to what I would think call a, a Hispanic level mm -hmm. of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, a, a Latin level of Catholicism. That the, involved, passion. Like, the passion. The yeah. passion part of it. Yeah, the passion of it. Yeah, the passion of it. Exactly. And the, you know, Christ on the cross with yeah. the blood and the, yeah. like, you know, all yeah. of that. Amazing. And um, which came in handy when my father and my brothers died to be oh. able to embrace- Of course. The suffering. The literal oh. suffering. Yeah. Yeah. To embrace the literal, the literal suffering, suffering yeah. and to feel like you have nothing but the suffering and that still must be enough to be grateful for. Oh, amazing, wow. amazing. Okay, but yeah. so I had that. And brothers and sisters, you know, everybody's Catholic. And I was an altar boy for 11 years. And then I get to college and I become convicted of my atheism. Not agnostic. Ah, atheist. Atheism. Uh -huh. And I'm not happy about it. It's, this is not a, this is not Why? a. Um, what happened? What, what triggered the atheism? Just being around a bunch of eggheads and. It's college. Was it, that, was it college? <laughs> yeah, it no, seriously. Because that's when I. Do, it had something to do with the death of my father and my brothers. Uh -huh, they had uh -huh, died sure. when I was 10. And sure, here I am off the college. It's completely un unaddressed grief, completely sure. unaddressed, yeah. uh -huh, sure. you know? And then I get to college and I remember I was taking this class called um, Western Man. Okay. Mm. It was like, you know, the great book series at Columbia sure. or something like that. It was mm -hmm. Western. You yes. read everything from like, Plato you read like, uh, yeah. well, no, before like Gilgamesh, but like, you know, you read, you, read, sure. the, the, wow. you read like uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey up through like Locke and Hobbes. Like that's basically uh -huh. how far you got. Sure. And then at uh -huh. the very end of it, the freshman year, we popped into the Holocaust. And we read oh. Holocaust literature. Oh, okay. and I remember reading sure. "Out of the Whirlwind," which is a series of things that were written actually in the camps. In the camps, yeah. In yeah, the yeah, camps, and yeah. uh, and I remember say, us talking about what what are we learning about God? What are mm -hmm. we learning about? What are we learning about man? And mm -hmm. what are we learning about man's relationship to God? Because mm -hmm. a lot of it is about man's relationship with God in these stories, mm -hmm. in these in these essays and yeah, the stories a, that people wrote. It's a wrote deal camp. breaker. Uh, Holocaust is a deal breaker for many people. Yeah. Right. And I remember somebody in the class saying, maybe this is God's way of teaching man how evil he is, mm -hmm. meaning man. And I said, mm -hmm. well, what a way is God's teaching us how evil he is? Pointing mm -hmm. to God. And I remember yeah. that being integral to my feelings at the time. Right. Okay. And so, right. but that went on for years. So all of college. And then I got very interested in, I don't know, I read the Book of Mormon. Uh, oh. I read 
chunks of did the Did you really? The did you get through, Wait a second. Did you I, get no, through the whole no, Book of Mormon? <laughs> I did not. I I've promise tried. you I did not. I think I wrote that in the Book of Nephi. I barely got through the Bible. Okay. Well, I got yeah. through the Bible. I mean, the yeah. Old Testament's challenging, you know, when you yeah. get into the later But it's Maccabees. got a lot of good stuff in it, though. Yeah, but the Old sure. Testament's and also got it's all familiar. those good. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, but, I, but I read, like, chunks of the, of the Mormon Bible, the Book uh -huh. of Mormon. I read uh -huh. chunks of the Upanishads uh -huh. and Bhagavad Gita. Uh -huh. I read, I read like, layman Buddhism. Like, uh -huh. T, uh, 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 T, is it TZ Suzuki or? Yeah, yeah, Suzuki. DT Suzuki, you know, stuff like that. Yep. And bits of the Quran, but I, but, you know, as as Highland reminds us in. Oh, dear. Uh oh. In. Which ones? Highland reminds us in Stranger in a Strange Land that reading a translation of the Quran. Is like kissing a woman through her veil. Ah, uh, that's, that's 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 great, Bob. So then, so then you learned that's Arabic, great, Bob. So that you yeah. could, well, yeah, you I learn should've. Arabic you know so I mean? you can kiss, so you can get the veil off. You learn Arabic, exactly, yeah. so you can tear the veil aside. By Bob the way, Heinle. Oppenheimer teaches himself Dutch in six weeks so he can lecture at the I've Hague. Heard that. Yeah, I heard okay, about so that. Yeah, come right, on. I heard about so that. Anyway, I heard about that. But anyway, so then I then I'm then I'm uh, walking down the street one day in in Chicago. And I've graduated and I'm, I guess I'm super unemployed or something. I'm probably waiting tables. And it's such a cold day and there's a Gideon on the street. And uh -huh. the, the Gideon has given me, you know. Gives you a Bible. Uh, new Testament Proverbs and Psalms, that little uh -huh. green oh. little thing with the yeah, gold yeah, yeah. on the sure. edge. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, those, yeah. And, I, and it was so cold that I had to snap it on my knee to get it to open. Wow. Because whatever little bit of moisture was in there it had just seized like, it shut. <laughs> a little block of it's ice. Like, 10 or 10 below, you know, mm -hmm. and I snap it, open it up. And it immediately, uh, it, it opens to, um, Matthew five. So I say to you, do not worry for who among you by worrying can change a hair on his head or add a cubit in the span of his life. And I had this experience mm -hmm. and the experience was, you know, the phrase, uh, wow, that really speaks to me. Mm -hmm. I was not reading it. Mm -hmm. There was no action mm -hmm. on my behalf. I read the sermon. I stood there in the freezing cold in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I read the sermon from Matt, the Matthew sermon. Sure. And I was never the same. Really? Really? It spoke to me and I Absolutely. thought something is being told to me. The, 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 what the, yeah. the effect this is having on me right now yeah. would be foolish for me to, wisdom is lost on those who will not act wisely. And I don't want to pass this opportunity by and examine uh -huh. what uh -huh. just happened to me. It's not like I'm like, that's it. Jesus is God or whatever. I wanted to examine right. that feeling I just had. And, and the more I examined it in the days to come, I thought like, well, you're interested in lots of different things. You're interested in Buddhist ideas of suffering. Uh-huh. And um, you're interested in- um, Which are how, common, how all, all kinds of different people approach the idea of a godhead uh -huh. and what our relationship is to the world as a result. And I thought, but you know what? You're already so far down. Maybe, let's just say, I said to myself, maybe every path is right. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll accept that. Oh, I'll yes. accept that I'll accept in my premise without declaring it, I will mm -hmm. accept as a premise that every path is right. Mm -hmm. And I went, if that's the case, if that's like, so the most ecumenical feeling you can have here, which I enjoy, I thought 
you're already so far down this path. You already know so much yeah. of your Catholicism. <laughs> but, Catholic, if you, yeah. but, if but now gonna... let's examine the, your Catholicism. And for my entire life now, I have approached my Catholicism Getting back to the waterways of South Carolina, yeah. our oysters our oysters don't come in singles. They come in clusters. They grow in clusters on the banks, like uh -huh. real oysters naturally do. When you get singles, they're generally farmed, but they, they grow in these clusters, and they grow over decades in these clusters. Mm -hmm. And if you go chop some off the bank, which you can just go do if the season's right in South Carolina, you take it home, and you hose it off, and you steam it open, and you get your gloves on, and your oyster knife, and you work your way through that aggregate. Mm -hmm. Some of those are going to have this beautiful sweet meat in it. And some of it's just going to have mud or a crab or be empty. Mm -hmm. And they've been empty forever for like 20 years. But some of them will have that beautiful meat in there and some more than others. And I perceive that as my approach to the Catholic Church, which is uh -huh. the Catholic Church is this aggregate of traditions. And uh -huh. I like seeing the ancient nature of those traditions. Uh -huh. There's something to be learned from seeing this architecture of that build, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, Take yeah, the, yeah. Core, the core sample of the human yearning if yeah. you look through the history of the church. Yeah. And, and then I eat the things that don't have mud, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right, sure. I eat the oysters, yeah. something there. Yeah, so, yeah. I was raised. I was raised to believe that I could disagree with my church and still be on certain aspects and still be a Catholic. Well, and there's a helps. name for that kind of Catholic, and it's a Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. So that's your answer. That's fantastic. But what's really beautiful? What I love about that, though, is that really you're reaching back into your own personal mythology. You're looking at all these yeah. things and saying these are all possible. But I really ought to. Not only have you been so far down the road, it's something you're reaching back to something essential in your own personal archetypal story. In a way. You know, it, it, the fishing and all of it goes back to something. That's beautiful. It's like it yeah. makes sense. You go back it's, to something and pull it back up yeah. into the present. Right. Makes perfect sense. I didn't have any kind of, I had no religion, nothing like that at the all. The Giamatis? Yeah. Well, but I was raised by Abe a, Bartlett did not have any. No, no, no. Was I was raised by atheist? a Rena, I, you know, He was, I, I would say he probably was an atheist. He was certainly a pretty strong agnostic, probably verging an atheist. But it was such an opposition to organized religion that it just wasn't even talked about. I wish I, I knew. So I've always felt the lack of any kind of, of the this kind of thing hole. to reach back yeah. to. Haven't you got kind of a I have contact gotten a contact. I, I've gotten from contact all the reading guilt. you've done. I have I have contact sin and I have contact guilt. I have all of that. <laughs> I have all the contact stuff. It's like I was raised one. So I think it does actually make the Catholic Church very interesting to me. And the intellectual part of it's really interesting to me. And and those kinds of the guy I really like that is G.K. Chesterton. Oh, who talks yeah. about, the best. And what I really British. like about him, and this is a thing I think is really cool, and it was something I was going to ask you, the difference between belief and faith, and that belief seems like it's something that needs to be sort of, you can have some means to prove it, but faith is, there's nothing to prove it necessarily. And what I really liked about him was he was constantly talking about the absurdity of of faith, the yeah. paradox of faith, the contradiction of it, thing. but almost like a Zen thing. Just it makes no sense, and that's actually the wellspring of faith. That actually, the fact that the fact that it is utterly absurd is why it's I, actually. I last night, last night I went to go see the Broadway premiere of Here Lies uh -oh. Love, which is the re which is uh, David Byrne and Fat Boy Slim's opera really about Imelda mm -hmm. Marcos mm -hmm. and it's, it's very beautiful <laughs> and it's at the it's okay. at the um Amazing. it's at the Broadway Theater at Broadway and 53rd right across from the Ed Sullivan 
mm-hmm. and um, and I'm and I'm I'm listening to the music, and I'm 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 listening to hear my talking heads in there. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? I'm looking to hear sure. the influence, and yeah. there's some, sure. but it's actually sure. it's it's its own it's its own thing. And he, I think they developed it in 2011 to the public, and and uh-huh. I'm thinking about. I heard one. I went. Oh, I could kind of see that could have fallen into the stop making sense era. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I went, stop making sense, making sense. And I went, God, that was such a powerful tour. Yeah. It was such a powerful. It was. It was like the breakthrough for them. They were already big in in like in an indie sense, but that when they became superstars, mm-hmm. and they didn't last much longer after that. But they became mm-hmm. these superstars yeah. after that. And I remember. Then I, and I sat there looking down at the play. There was a moment of sort of a dance break. And I just had a moment to think without absorbing content, if you know what I mean. And I went, mm-hmm. God, that's so powerfully appealing to me. Stop, to stop making, making sense. sense yeah. right. Because yeah. all of your sense has, you know, logic has its own power, but the supposition mm-hmm. at the base of the logic is like the seed crystal that can take you in a, a, a thousand miles away from the destination mm-hmm. you were looking for. Mm-hmm. But- the the emotional response that comes when you stop making sense mm-hmm. is almost always right. true, right? And <laughs> right. and like right. ma- making sense doesn't always mean the truth. But when you stop making sense, somehow there's a purity to your experience uh-huh. and your reaction to the world. And I anyway, the fact that you just said that reminded no, me. That what... I just had that thought last night. Oh, oh. Well, that was something else, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah, that was crazy. Holy cow. <laughs> we we got so deep into it. We got so deep in the in the weeds of joy with Stephen Colbert <laughs> that we actually ran out of tape. Because we tape this thing, don't we? It's on no, magnetic I don't think, tape. That's isn't not it? a thing anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> really that's it's pretty not, old school. It's not man. on cassette tape. It's not gonna be on eight track. So you can play it in your, We've in graduated. your car. Well, the, 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 the problem we ran into is we had so much to talk about that we have part two of a chinwag with Stephen Colbert coming up. And uh, I think you're going to love it because it was a very exciting conversation. And at any rate, that is it for us here at the Chinwag. Uh, so long and goodbye from me, Paul Giamatti, signing off. And wag on from me, Stephen Asma. Chinwag out. Chinwag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films. Hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. Executive producers for Treefort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Our associate producer is Andrew Miller. Original theme music by Luke Topp with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Treefort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Audio production, supervision, and editing by Maxwell Carney. Additional audio assistance and mixing by Jeff Neal. With additional production management from Renee Levesque. Clara Wong is Celestial Empress of Benevolent Knowledge. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. Mm-hmm.